Hey everyone, this is Pastor Tim W. Gill, and you're listening to the MPC Podcast. The MPC Podcast today is going to be a special edition. You're going to be hearing a message from Bishop M.L. Walls on an encouraging psalm, Psalm 91. So let's get ready and be encouraged and be strengthened in this season. Here now, Bishop Walls. I want to look at the 91st Psalm today. Psalm 91, that very interesting Psalm. Simon de Mouy, who was a Frenchman that lived in the later 16th and early 17th century, he wrote a commentary on the Psalms, this particular Psalm, and he said of this 91st Psalm, I quote, it is one of the most excellent works of this kind which has ever appeared. It is impossible to imagine anything more solid, more beautiful, more profound, or more ornamented. Could the Latin or any modern languages express thoroughly all the beauties and elegancies as well as the of the words as of the sentences? It would not be difficult to persuade the reader that we have no poem, either in Greek or Latin, comparable to this Hebrew ode. The end of quote. The Midrash states that Moses wrote this psalm on the day that he completed the tabernacle in the wilderness. I think the words of Spurgeon that he wrote on this particular psalm are appropriate as well. And I quote, When through the blood of Jesus a soul is brought into sweet fellowship with God, its real dangers are all over. It is and must be forever safe. Noah was secured the moment he entered the ark, and so are we, so soon as we are in Christ. The end of quote. Now this psalm has been read at, well, so many events and so many occasions through the years. I remember one time when we were pastor in St. Louis that uh, someone uh, contacted me uh, that was living in the housing projects in St. Louis. And they asked if I would come and pray with this woman. The projects, well, they were not the safest place to live or to visit, especially late at night. So after church, I made my way with some accompaniment to the apartment where a black lady who had sent me word asking if I would come lived. I remember opening my Bible to this psalm, Psalm 91, and kneeling by this dear woman, I began to read the psalm. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. And as I read the psalm, I heard someone behind me. They began to quote the psalm as I read it. And what was so interesting, I continued reading the whole entire psalm, and whoever it was behind me continued quoting it the 91st Psalm. This Psalm has brought peace and hope and strength to multitudes of people throughout the ages. I like what Adam Clark commented about this Psalm. He said, I quote, the Targum intimates that this is a dialogue between David, Solomon, and Jehovah. <laughs> well, I'm taking the liberty today to share my comments on this psalm as if, 
Well, it was indeed David speaking to Solomon, Solomon's reply, and then Yahweh speaking in conclusion. First of all, verse 1, David said to Solomon, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He, salvation and relationship with Christ is a personal matter. Living for Christ is a decision that only you can make yourself. No one can make you to make such a choice. That dwelleth. Living for God is not a part-time experience. We're never going to know the blessings that Christ offers if we're not determined to stay with him. Salvation is a dwelling experience. It's not a hotel to check in and out, check out the next day. In the secret place. It's a secret place because it's a precious place. It's a valuable place. You must be the seeker to find this place. You must be hungry to find this place. Of the Most High. The Most High is the Lord Jesus Christ. He, the church, is the secret place. Away from Christ, there is no security. Away from Christ, there is no hope in this chaotic world. Shall abide under. The feeling that one experiences who becomes acquainted with Jesus Christ is one which we never want to lose or leave such a place of security. The shadow, Calvary's shadow, reaches to the grass-covered huts, to the palatial building on the high hillside of the Almighty. There is but one Almighty, and his name is Jesus. Verse 2, Solomon answers David his father, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. I will say of the Lord, when you become acquainted with Jesus Christ, you welcome the opportunity to open your mouth and to let the world know that he's your Lord and he's your master. Solomon, he was raised in the home of the king. He had witnessed the actions of his father. He had noted the times the prophet Nathan had visited his father and knowing that he brought him a word from Jehovah. Solomon was not a stranger to times when Jehovah was part of the conversations in the house of David. He is my refuge and my fortress. In the world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. There is no security in governments or organizations of men, only in Jesus Christ. Solomon had witnessed the many times that his father had returned from battle with the enemies of Israel, bringing victory with him. How important it is that, that our children and our grandchildren become familiar with prayer and praise and the mention of the name Jesus in our homes. My God, may every one of our families have the opportunity to witness our sons 
our daughters, our grandchildren, making the same declaration. In him will I trust. Now, we have but to read the prayer of Solomon later when he was anointed king of Israel and to sit on his father's throne when he asked for wisdom and understanding of the Lord to lead the people of Israel, to see and to appreciate the significance of his father's example that he left him. When words, well, that must have thrilled David, and what words that every father and mother longed to hear coming from their children, my God, in him will I trust. And then verses 3 through 13, David replies to Solomon, and he tells him what blessings that he would receive from God if he abides faithful. Surely he shall dwell, he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Now this speaks of the plots of crafty foes that seek to destroy our work. David would say later in Psalm 124 and verse 7, our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. And from the noisome pestilence, well, how appropriate is uh, this to us when we are living in a time when our country and the world has been invaded by pestilence that has already taken thousands of lives and threatens many more. The word noisome that's used here is interesting. According to Strong's, it is the from the Greek word hava. It means iniquity, perverse things, very wickedness. This is the wickedness that we are witnessing in our world today. Solomon was told that if he would dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, he would be kept from such dangers. And the same, it's applicable to us today. Verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, David said, and under his wings shalt thou trust. I get a picture of a mother hen. When a storm comes up, she ruffles her wings, and the little chickens run under those wings and feels safe and secure from the storm. What a picture we have as a child of God facing the conflicts and the storms of our life. Security, we're safe. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. With his shield, we have security from the darts of the enemy coming at us as we face the next danger in our life. With the buckler, we have security of the enemy attempts to attack us from back, our back or either side. The word buckler speaks of something surrounding us. Verse 5, David said, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. The words of Clark I find appropriate. He wrote, and I quote, Night is a time of terrors because it is a time of treasons, plunder, robbery, and murder. The godly man lies down in peace and sleeps quietly, for he trusts his body, soul, and substance in the hand of God. And he knows that he who keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The end of quote. Not only are evils perpetuated in the darkness of the night, but there is a 
also spiritual darkness that attempts to invade our minds. The psalmist said in 119 verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. David said, Nor for the arrow that flieth by day. We glean from the treasury of David comments, and I quote, Cunning foes lie in the ambuscade and aim the deadly shaft at our hearts. But we do not fear them and have no cause to do so. That error is not made which can destroy the righteous. For the Lord has said, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. The end of quote. And then in verse 6, David said, Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness for the destruction nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Now we're told that the Rebans supposed that the empire of death was under two demons, one of which ruled by day, the other by night. The Vulgate and Septuagint, how the noonday devil. The ancients thought that there were some demons who had the power to injure particularly at noonday. The end of quote. Theocritus wrote, I quote, It is not lawful, it is not lawful, O shepherd, to play on the flute at noonday. We fear Pan, who at that hour goes to sleep in order to rest himself. After the fatigues of the chase, then he is dangerous and his wrath easily kindled. The end of quote. Well, we are aware the demonic forces which seek to cripple or destroy our faith in Christ. But we know greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. And then David wrote, or said in verse 7, A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Calment, he said that we should translate this verse like this. I quote, A thousand enemies may fall upon thee on one side, and 10,000 may fall upon thee on thy right hand, but they shall not come nigh thee to take away thy life. The end of quote. Well, the psalmist stated in 84 and verse 11, for the Lord God is a shield and a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And then in verse 8, David said, Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Spurgeon, he wrote of this verse, Noah saw the utter ruin of the ungodly world, and this, no doubt, led him the more devoutly to bless the grace which had rescued him from the like sin and doom. The end of quote. Since Eden, there's never been a generation who have not witnessed the evil deeds of the wicked. The righteous have wrestled with the works of darkness since Cain's death blow in Genesis. Isaiah 66, verse 23 and 24, speaks of that day when judgment will come to the wicked. As Isaiah wrote, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, Shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. And they shall go forth 
and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. The end of quote. And then in verse 9, David says, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Well, such comforting word uh, this must have been to Solomon. As David assures him, his trust in Jehovah would not be in vain. David, he seems to assure Solomon that he has been witness to how Jehovah had kept him through his life. And even so, will Jehovah grant Solomon the same security. And then in verse 10, David says, There shall no evil before thee befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Now, David was not saying to Solomon that with anything that would trouble him to destroy, attempt to destroy him, but he said no evil would destroy his commitment to making Jehovah his Lord. And then the angel of the Lord surrounds his house and he will be kept safe. As David put it in Psalm 27 and 3, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And then we have verse 11 from David. For he shall give his angel charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. David also wrote in Psalm 34 verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Now, you and I, we may never see them, but they are with the child of God throughout his life. They were pallbearers for Lazarus when he died at the gate of the rich man. And they will accompany the Lord Jesus when he comes for his church. And then in verse 12, David said, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, we, we are human, and we will stumble on our way through this world of chaos and confusion. Solomon, he wrote in Proverbs 24 and 16, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. The angel appointed to our care by the Lord is with us every step of the way. And then verse 13, David says, Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Now, this reminds me of what Jesus said recorded in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So David concluded his comments to Solomon by assuring him that he has been given power over any and every enemy that may come against him. And then beginning with verse 14, we have Jehovah, Yahweh. Jehovah is introduced and he confirms all that David had spoken to Solomon. In verse 14, he said, Because he hath set his love upon me, 
Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Words directed to Solomon. Now, let's notice the connection between what we do and how the Lord will respond. Because he hath will I deliver. Because he has set his love, will I deliver. What a, what a wonderful assurance given directly from Jehovah. God is faithful, who has promised such blessings on those who put their trust in him and who walk faithfully in his will. Jehovah said, I will set him on high. The joys known by the child of God is beyond, well, beyond full description. There is no honor or position that may be awarded by this world that can come even close to comparing what Christ will give to those who are faithful in living for him. Jehovah says, because he hath known my name, the privilege of taking on the name of Jesus Christ in water baptism certainly comes to mind here. Throughout the Old Testament, the name of Yahweh was never known by the people, the real name. For some time, we are told, only the high priest pronounced the name of Yahweh when he went into the Holy of Holies on that day of atonement. But now, since the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost, and the birth born in Bethlehem, that church was born in Acts 2, and we all may lift our voices in praise to the name that's above all names. We know his name, Jesus. Verse 15, the Lord says, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Jesus tells us in John 15 and 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. The writer of Hebrews speaks to us in chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, we don't have to depend on some high priest to do our interceding before God for us. We can talk to God ourselves, knowing that he's listening. Now, what must have been a wonderful feeling for Solomon to hear such word being spoken in his ear from Jehovah himself? And then verse 16, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Solomon, he had the honor of being king of Israel the same number of years as his father. Only his years were years of peace. Solomon never went to war at any time during his 40 years of being king. Show him my salvation. I like the words of Clark when he wrote, and I quote, He shall discover infinite lengths, breadths, depths, and heights in my salvation. He shall feel boundless desires and shall discover that I have provided boundless gratifications for him. He shall dwell in my glory and throughout eternity increase in his resemblance to an enjoyment of me. Thus shall it be done to the man whom the Lord delighteth to honor, and he delights to honor that man who places his love on him. In a word, 
He shall have a long life in this world and an eternity of blessedness in the world to come. The end of quote. Well, what a blessed sum feel with such expressions of hope, protections, blessings, promises, assurances. And thus will the child of God be blessed who are faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Put our trust in him and we as well will have safety, security, peace. Thank God for the 91st Psalm. Thank you for being with us today. What a tremendous message from Bishop Walls. Such an encouraging reminder of the power and glory of God in this season of crisis, questions, and concern. We want you to get connected with us at MPC. You can check us out on our website. Also, we are on Facebook, and you can follow us on our live stream on YouTube. We will supply the links in the show notes below. So please get connected with us. We want to help you in whatever way we can. May the Lord bless you. Keep looking up. And remember, God is still in control.